0: It sounds like a crazy but tragic law school hypothetical. A Mexican teenager shot and killed on his country's side of the U.S. border by an American Border Patrol agent on his side. It's an occurrence that happens more frequently than one might imagine. According to a lawyer for a family in a case before the Supreme Court today, there have been at least 10 similar cross-border shootings and six deaths. The question before the Supreme Court today was whether the boy's parents can sue the border agent claiming his constitutional rights were violated. The general rule is that the U.S. Constitution doesn't protect non-Americans when they are not on U.S. soil. But there are exceptions. A decade ago, the Supreme Court allowed inmates being held at Guantanamo Bay, the U.S. naval base in Cuba, to go to federal court to seek release. So does a cross-border shooting call for another exception? We'll talk with Brianne Gorod, Chief Counsel at the Constitutional Accountability Center, and Andrew Kent, a professor at Fordham University Law School. Welcome to you both. Uh, Brianne, uh, can you just lay out the facts in this case for us? And, And we should just note at the beginning that the way this case is set up at the Supreme Court, the justices are assuming that the facts as alleged by the family are true.
1: Thank you for having me. I mean, the facts of this case are incredibly tragic. I don't think anyone would disagree about that. A 15-year-old boy was playing with some friends um, in a culvert of the Rio Grande, right at the border between El Paso, Texas, and Juarez, Mexico. Um, they were playing, you know, the kinds of games that kids play, running back and forth. Um, one of those boys um, was tragically shot in the head and killed by a customs uh, patrol border agent. And, and the question for the court now is whether the mayor happenstance that he happened to be just south of the border, as opposed to just north of the border, makes a difference from a constitutional perspective, whether because of that, that lone fact, his family can't receive any damages um, to redress the really tragic loss that they've suffered.
2: Andrew, it seemed at the court today that the conservative justices seemed to be looking for a definitive rule or a limit. Chief Justice Roberts said, how about the case of a drone strike in Iraq? What's your reaction to that particular bent? Well, the government certainly does prefer the bright line rule that has historically governed here, which, as you said at the outset, is that non citizens outside the United States don't have constitutional rights. I should note that that doesn't mean they don't have any legal rights. Uh, a lot of times, international law can provide pretty important restraints on the way the United States government. Uh, uses force or does other things outside our border and some important United States statutes also restrain the government when it's acting outside our borders against non citizens. But again the bright line rule has always been that the constitution does not do that uh for non citizens outside the US. And certainly just for the purpose of legal predictability, the government would prefer that uh they know what the rules are and they would prefer uh you know less restraint. They would prefer more more leeway when they're acting outside the borders. Um uh, you know, probably the you know, worse worst situation would be one if there's um, kind of a mushy case by case, hard to know when, whether the Constitution's going to apply or not decision that comes out of here because then, uh, you know, the government's going to need to act as if the Constitution might apply while not knowing whether it is or not, and there'd be a lot of legal uncertainty.
0: Brianna, I think you were in the courtroom today, right? I was
1: at the court, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. so how how would you answer that hypothetical front that you heard from the chief justice? Namely, he talked about the idea that there might be a drone strike in Iraq and uh, it was controlled from U.S. territory in Nevada. And he wanted to know how do we keep how could we possibly rule for the Hernandez family in this case without uh, allowing a lawsuit over that drone strike as
1: well? Yeah, what I think is important to remember is the desire for a bright line rule, which is understandable for all the reasons that Andrew just said, doesn't mean that the bright line rule has to be that there is no remedy for uh, Sergio Hernandez's family here. You know, the rule that um, Hernandez's attorney offered, I think, is a good one, which is that, you know, in a case where... There is a cross-border shooting. So all of the conduct occurs in the United States, and it occurs right at the border, right in proximity to the border. Well, there there needs to be a remedy. There the Constitution needs to apply. You know, Andrew's certainly right that there are other laws that might apply, but as a practical matter here, um, the Her- Her- Hergio, Sergio Hernandez's family will have no remedy um, if the court concludes that the Constitution doesn't apply. And we know that because there has been no prosecution of his murder Of his murder by the United States, and even that kind of prosecution wouldn't offer any redress to his family here. So, a a bright line rule that says where all the conduct occurs in the United States and where it occurs right in the proximity of the border, um, you know, would not necessarily mean that there would be a remedy in the case like the one the Chief Justice posited, where you have a drone that goes, you know, well past the border um, and injures someone, you know, well within the confines of Mexico. Andrew, Justice
2: Kennedy was seen as possibly a swing vote here, but from his comments today he seemed to be solidly on the side that cross-border incidents were in the realm of foreign affairs to be resolved by Congress and the State Department. So there are two important issues in this case that are, you know, very legally significant outside you know, this particular case. One is what we've been talking about, which is does the Constitution apply extraterritorially to protect non-citizens. I think there, Justice Kennedy, uh, you know, he's indicated in the decision you referenced at the outset, the case about Guantanamo Bay in 2008, and also in a concurring opinion he wrote in 1990, he suggested that he thinks that kind of looking at the totality of the circumstances, looking if there's any practical reasons why the Constitution shouldn't uh, extend outside the U.S. borders, is the right approach. He's very much not a bright-line guy rule in this area. So, you know, he might be inclined to support uh, the, the Hernandez family on that issue. But the second very important issue is one about whether there should be uh, a judicially created right to sue for money damages here. Congress has not written a statute that allows folks to sue U.S. officials in these, con- uh, in these circumstances for violating the Constitution in order to get money damages. And uh, the court in recent years, including Justice Kennedy, have been quite reluctant uh, to, s- to sort of step into what they see as Congress's role in determining whether there should be a money damages remedy. So Justice Kennedy himself might be, uh, you know, might be split on this on this issue. Might possibly be favoring extra ter- excuse me extra constitutional rights, but might uh, not think that it was right for the court to allow a money damages suit to go forward. Um, yeah it 's hard to tell from oral argument, but you know that given his past votes, it seems possible that he might be leaning in that in that direction
0: we 're talking with Brianne Gorad of the Constitutional Accountability Center and Andrew Kent of Fordham University Law School about today 's Supreme Court argument in a case involving a shooting across the u s mexican border. Um, Andrew, one of the things that came up in the argument today from Justice Breyer. Um, I'll I'll paraphrase what he was suggesting, but basically he was suggesting that because this culvert that divides the two countries there um, is jointly maintained by the U.S. and Mexico, that the U.S. maybe has enough of a connection there that the court could allow a lawsuit over this shooting without necessarily opening up a Pandora's box. Does that sound like a, a, a plausible limit the court could draw?
2: Maybe. Uh, What he's doing is trying to analogize this case to the case we've been talking about, about Guantanamo Bay. There, the Supreme Court, uh, Justice Kennedy and Justice Breyer were in the majority on this. They said, well, we acknowledge that uh, historically the Constitution has not applied outside U.S. borders to protect non-citizens. But here at Guantanamo, even though it's technically Cuba territory, uh, the United States has pervasive control over it. It has a permanent lease with Cuba. It, it, it's a mil- U.S. military base. Uh, no one comes in or out without U.S. say-so, et cetera. And I think what Justice Breyer is saying is maybe because of joint uh, Mexican-U.S. policing of the border area where this shooting occurred, we should think of this as kind of akin to Guantanamo Bay and say the Constitution can go a little bit outside U.S. borders, uh, you know, I'd note that uh, there's plenty of places in the world where the United States cooperates with other countries to provide security or other things, are uh, you know, U.S. embassies, U.S. military bases, etc. You know, the U.S. Uh, border is not the only place where it can be said that there's some blending of um, of U.S. responsibilities with those of a foreign country. But uh, you know, Justice Breyer might well think that that is a plausible limitation uh, for this case.
0: Brianne when you think about a case like this and what the court ought to do, is the point here that they should really be looking at whether somebody with a connection to to what could be U.S. quasi-territory or U.S. activity has rights, or should it be about deterring the misconduct, potential misconduct by U.S. agents?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, one, it's important to recognize that a critical role of the courts, and this has been the case since the nation was, was founded, is to establish a check on illegal action by the other branches. And an important way um, in which the courts do that is by providing redress to those who are injured um, by illegal and abusive action um, by government officials. I think a real concern here um, is that you know, if the court were to adopt the government's view, it would essentially be saying um, that the government can switch the Constitution on or off at the border. And, you know, as Justice Breyer pointed out at argument this morning, you know, that won't just affect Mexican citizens when we're talking about this area right at the border between the countries. You know, there are um, hundreds of thousands of people who go back and forth across the border every day. Um, the kids who were, you know, playing were this time Mexican, but they could easily have been American kids. And, in fact, you know, there is data that shows that there have been, you know, I think 42 um, shootings uh, by custom. Uh, Patrol agents at the border, and you know a number of the people who've been killed as a result of those shootings um, are americans and so that 's just you know one reason why um, it 's important that the courts be able to provide redress um, to individuals who are injured uh, by this kind of illegal action
0: Andrew, if the suit does not go forward, it seems like the line that we may end up with is that if Sergio Hernandez had been on the u s side of the border, then he might be able to sue the border agent, but because he was uh, 30 feet on the other side of the border, he cannot sue. Is that, a, is that a reasonable distinction that we could end up with?
2: It is, but with a big qualification. Um, I absolutely agree that um, providing some compensation to people who've been injured or to their families if the person has been killed and deterring Uh, unreasonable uses of force are both very important things and both something that the courts can have a real role in. You know, historically, though, these cases have gone forward just under state law or under the common law, uh, not as a constitutional suit. And that's a big difference. If they uh, if they were able to sue Agent Mesa, the border control agent who, who did the shooting here, under the common law, there would not be a precedent created that, you know, so we wouldn't be having these conversations, might this affect drone strikes in Iraq? We would just be talking about whether uh, he acted wrongfully, whether the family should be compensated, and all that. I wish that c- that kind of system were in place here. Unfortunately, uh, combined actions by the Congress and by the Supreme Court have meant that uh, in modern times, if, if a, a suit for compensation like this goes forward, it generally has to be under the Constitution. And that just out opens this whole bag of worms that we're talking about, well, you know, what are the limits? How far does this go? Is this going to affect uh, you know, electronic surveillance against, you know, against the Kremlin, right? Because the, you know, the Constitution governs some huge range of, of U.S. government activities. So I think it might well be reasonable to draw the line here. Though like I said, I very much wish that we had in place the old style of compensation System that we used to do, we used to, so this family, you know, if this shooting was unjustified, you know, could get the redress that they deserve.
0: I want to thank our guests, Andrew Kent of Fordham University Law School and Brianne Gorod of the Constitutional Accountability Center, talking about the cross Border Shooting case at the Supreme Court today. There is at least the possibility, and perhaps the likelihood, that the eight sitting justices could divide four to four. That would leave us potentially with. Uh, Supreme Court nominee Neil Gorsuch to cast the deciding vote. That could happen uh, after a re-argument. Uh, coming up on Bloomberg, we talk about uh, parents who
1: pay for college and then declare bankruptcy. This is Bloomberg.